Welcome back to What the Fuck America. This is episode 17, Kitchen Table Conversations. Sometimes we serve coffee, sometimes cocktails, always our opinions. Today's topic is controversial, but it's Roe versus <laughs> Wade. New legislation in that form. And today's word of the week is moral majority. This ought to be fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think it should be controversial and it really pisses me off. <laughs> well, first of all, how was your week? Good. Um, my week was pretty fun and hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I had like a I had like a aha successful moment in my job the day before was it yesterday? It was the day before yesterday where I was like on the spot and I had to look this stuff up and my boss was in this meeting and I had to do this research about this this old gal. She was the mom of one of our kids and um, and she was in maybe in prison and I was like trying to find her and because, you know, like the person who was in charge of the kid was making decisions for the kid and trying to have a lawsuit about the kid, but that person doesn't have custody of the kid, we don't think. Oh. So we're trying to, like, if you don't have custody of the kid, I guess you can't bring a lawsuit about the kid. <laughs> so, you know, that would pretty much nip that one in the bud if we could figure that out. And um, so I was like, I was looking up, I was, I was like trying to skip trace that gal and figure out like where she had lived and then look up all the criminal records and all those places. And, you know, a lot of small towns don't have public records. So, and it just happened to be lunchtime. So, so I ended up calling the district clerk's office. This is where my family law experience came in real handy because I know how to talk to those ladies at the um, district clerk office. I got Brandy to be my friend. <laughs> and she told me everything. So I tell her this, this woman's name, and she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's so good when you call the small town because <laughs> they all know each other. And then oh she gave God. me the scoop, and she sent me all the records, and, and I was like, aha, and I got all the good dirt and I sent it to my boss and my boss was like wow what a great <laughs> job you did <laughs> and I was like yes I was so successful that's awesome and that's what you need in your new job is to have moments like that so that you can keep going <laughs> right yeah just so that you know in your head that you're doing a good job you know you're really trying your best and when you have that lag time because you're trying to learn something new yeah and you don't feel so bad Right, and you know you had like a shining moment that you can kind of relax a little bit and, and just keep trying. Yeah, true. Yeah, and then my boss sent me a, a, a text this morning because I had made a mistake, so she had pointed it out, and then I said, oh, I'm sorry about that. And then she said, uh, she's good. Like, I like her a lot. She said, uh, no worries. I just want to teach things as we go along when they're on my mind. She said, I really appreciate you approaching the job with so much gusto. I think you'll like this job. Oh. And I was like, well, shit. Because old, that's so much better than what I ever had before. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you some perspective from somebody that is actually the employer. Like, yeah. when you get somebody that is excited about the job and it wants to be there and tries really hard, uh -huh. it's, it's refreshing I had so many people work for me that just were 
jerks. Didn't want to be there, didn't want to work, or had to complain about every little thing, or complained in whole, or I wasn't good enough, and this wasn't good enough, and that wasn't good enough. But they didn't want to put in the time or the effort or anything like that. So when you get somebody that you don't have to conjole or like needle around or just or even beg. <laughs> yeah, beg to be good. Then right. you're just so happy and excited about that. You would not believe the amount of people out there that just don't want to do a job. That's interesting because I, I just don't come from that. But I did work with people like that for sure. And it's frustrating for everyone. Right. But the people that I have been trained, the woman that's been training me is so, I mean, she's having to do this new job. She's still stuck doing part of the job I'm now taking over because there are things I don't know yet. And there's really, really hairy stuff going on that she's just still assigned to. And then she's also training me and she's spent lots of time training me and she's very kind and patient. So I sent her a bouquet of flowers this week to her house. Wow. To say thank you because she I know it's hard. I know it's hard for her. And she was appreciative of that. Everyone's just been really nice to me and patient and kind. And they all have been telling me that I'm doing a great job. So it's I think it's going well. That's great. That's and awesome. And we go back to the office on July 12th. Oh, I, I know you're glad about that. I am. I hate working from home. Yeah. I don't know what I would do going back into a office. I don't know if I'd be able to behave. Like, I really don't know what I do. You have to put on pants, you know? You have to put on <laughs> pants, and you have to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, unless I'm talking to you or mm -hmm. Wilson, I'm just usually, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, in a work environment, I don't even think I would know how to say. I don't even know if I could go back to sales. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, a lot of people hard. feel like they're, it has been too long. You know, it only takes 21 days to establish a habit, supposedly. And it's been way more than that. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's been, gosh, I thought about that the other day, just driving. And I was thinking, I wouldn't even know how to speak anymore. <laughs> you, you would just warm right back up. It's like riding so. a bike. Yeah, you think It'd so? okay. I don't know. I do. I think it takes a little while to warm back up and, you know, everybody sounds a little autistic as yeah. we get back into it. <laughs> yeah, well, and um, not to be mean to autistic people. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it is, it's kind of like you're not sure what to say. You're socially awkward and you're, you yeah. know, you can't find your way a little bit, you know. Right. You, you can't really anticipate what other people are thinking or how they're going to react. Right. I mean, I would imagine that's what it feels like to be autistic. I already have a problem. Like, I've always had a problem. I just um, usually let Wilson do the talking. Well, he's real good at that. I know. <laughs> so I just kind of go, whatever. But he's just like Matthew, too, because they both, like, the other day, what was it? <laughs> Matthew was calling. I said, call over there about the tire or whatever. So he calls the and he goes into this long fucking story oh, no. about like way leading up to what happened when we need the tire. I'm like, he doesn't <laughs> give a shit. He is at work. Like, just tell him about the fucking tire. Right. Yes. Right. Like that, that is too much information. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why they have to start at one. Last week. 
<laughs> right. Like, I'm like, dude, they don't need all the history of your life to understand why you have a flat tire. <laughs> But then it's so true. But then at the same time, then I look at myself and I'm like, what a bitch I am. Because I'm like, could you just take care of one thing so I don't have to take care of it? You know, like, I'm like, that is in your wheelhouse. Like, you go, you just run with that, right? Right. But then I'm like, why you got to do it that way? (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, he's like, just kill me now. No. (laughs) See, okay, I have a trick for this. Because, you know, I've been married to Wilson for... uh, well, we've been together for 12 years, okay? So I have a trick for that. When yeah. I ask him to do something like that, and especially when it's a phone call, I make him leave my ears. Oh, like, that's I can't, smart. I, I don't want to hear it. Because, right. Because that's exactly what I would do. I'd be like, what are you doing? Why Just are you <laughs> doing it that way? <laughs> why? 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 Yeah, my trick is when he's driving, I read a magazine or look at my phone and don't look at what he's doing yes. driving. Yes. And as long as it's not a sharp stop, yeah. <laughs> then he's good to go and I won't bitch or complain. Right. I get it. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you just have to learn how learn tricks for yourself to ignore. Yeah, to just to just not nag on this one thing. Well, that's why <laughs> Well, that's why every time he has something that he needs to get done and he's good at getting stuff done. He is very good at getting stuff done. Um, but I can't be in the room because I wouldn't uh uh-uh. uh. When we were trying when we were going shit. through the truck buying the truck and we had all those problems with the stupid dealership, not sending the tags and doing all that. I mean, it was like every time he would start the conversation was well, when I was born, no, it's like no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> just God like, damn it! I'm just like, just, <laughs> and so finally, I'm just like, no, no. I was like, you need to do that at work. Like, call them on your lunch hour because I can't, I can't, can't hear you. Doing hear it. it? I just can't hear it. Right. <laughs> he gets it done, and it and it's okay. But I do feel sorry for the people on the other end. Yeah, but when you met him, he was doing that to you, and you married him, right? <laughs> So, you know what I have to remember, too, is like, I mean, everybody loves Matthew. You know, everybody's not as irritated with him as I am. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, it's not as annoying to them as it is to me because they haven't already heard it a thousand times. Right. So, you know, and so I just, everybody doesn't feel the way I feel about it. And so, I and and I remember, too, same thing as what I'm saying to you. You know, when I met him, I just was enthralled by every story he told me. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, maybe these people are halfway enthralled or something. <laughs> well, you've heard the story thousands of times now. It's true. It's, plus, I can, plus, I know when he's leaving stuff out. I'm like, wait a minute. that That's not how that is. <laughs> that's bullshit. Right? Oh, my goodness. I'm like, you're lying. Matthew leaves stuff out and Wilson puts stuff in. Yeah, well, what did he do today? Oh, I'm going to bust his ass right now, right on fucking national five people are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What did he say? God damn it. He told a lie this morning. Oh, no. It's little ones. Like, he's going to be so mad at me for talking about that. But he uh, tells like a little like, it's not even important. Like, oh, yeah, well, uh, if it, let's just make something up. Oh, I had a, you know, I had a peanut butter sandwich with nut, with peanuts in it earlier today. And then I find the peanut butter and it has no nuts. <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck did you say that? 
You know, like it doesn't. And he's like, well, I thought it would be more interesting if I, I'm like, (laughs) you know, like who gives a shit? Like why? I don't know. So, But like he doesn't ever lie about big things. And he's like one of the most honest people I ever knew. But he, it's like an embellishment kind of a thing or something. Tiny bit. He's embellishing. A little bit. Right. But he does it with me and he knows I'm going to like rip him a new one every time. Because I'm like, that is not okay with me, you know? That's so funny. Because I probably I probably would just look at Wilson like, hmm. Whatever. Really? Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, no, I watch him be like, like, disgustingly honest. Yeah. Like, he'll be like, oh, some, they, they, we, they left this thing in our cart and we didn't pay for it. And we're already home. And it was like $1. <laughs> yeah. You know? And he's like, we got to go take it back. I'm like, what? <laughs> Fuck that. Like, we're not doing that. That's, you know, my time's worth way more than $1. <laughs> Poor Matthew. He's like, that bitch. What was the wife of mine? I'll tell her a lie and tell her I don't think she's a bitch. It's <laughs> true. I want to hear that lie, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but if he did that. <laughs> I guess that's an okay lie. <laughs> what did you think about Greg Abbott this week? Oh, God. Yeah. I wish Greg Abbott would get hit by a train on his wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) You stop. Sorry. Yeah, he's that that voter suppression law is so crazy. He's he's got a one-up Georgia and fucking Florida. No, I mean, somehow now he's trying to kiss... Trump's ass. That's, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of is that he knows that Pence is out if Trump runs again in 24. So you got all these fucking governors running around acting like idiots and doing all these voter suppression laws and trying to make it sound like they're doing Trump a favor. Well, he also thinks uh, Matthew McConaughey might run against him. He's, he's fucked. In which case he's real scared. He's fucked. He needs to, he needs to suppress every vote. <laughs> Because all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what he claims. He claims he's making it harder to cheat and easier to vote. What does that sound like? He is such a piece of shit. Sounds just like Trump. Yeah. I mean, this thing is really, really restrictive. It bans drive through voting, 24-hour voting, bans morning voting on Sundays, new ID requirements for mail-ins, new requirements for both voters with disabilities and the people who assist them. Yeah. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to make it harder for, for disabled people yes. from his wheelchair. Right. That, is isn't that crazy? That's he's what I'm talking about. Shit. Right. And then he turns around and... He's he's making it a criminal offense for the election officials and makes it easier for the um, election to be overturned. All right. So all of that is to kiss Trump's ass to get help if he thinks McConaughey is going to come in and run for governor. That's what I I think. I wish he would. I mean, you know, it's just a rumor. It is. We've not heard anything to say. But when is the next Texas governor election? I got to look that up. Yeah, look that up. I don't know. Maybe Matthew McConaughey is just doing it to sell books. Maybe he is. And that would be smart. True. I think it's 2022. Yeah. It's the it's the midterms. Same year. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's a fucking It's at year. the midterm election. If we, oh my gosh, if we don't win that, 
I know, but we're, you know, I mean, we're likely not to because that's history says you don't, you know. History says, but like I said last year or last episode, maybe it was episode before that, you cannot guarantee how voting is going anymore. Not with the way people are moving. People in Texas was born and raised there and have lived there all their lives like you mm-hmm. and my friends. They, they're being taxed out of that shit by the people coming, moving there from California. It's true. So It's true. Even, even East Coasters are coming here. Right. Even it's East a big Coasters. state. There's plenty of places. They consider it to be cheaper. I think yeah, it's Yeah, a 350000 to $400,000 house is not that expensive to them. Right. Exactly. And they're paying cash for that shit. And they're getting these tech jobs. They're coming in to take these jobs that came to our area that we can't, we're not qualified for. Oh. So when you move a tech company into Austin, there weren't tech companies, that many tech companies in Austin before in, in the beginning, right? So it's not like you had a bunch of experienced techies here to take those jobs. They brought people in from out of the state, a lot of them. True. You know, it's not like they just gave jobs to everybody who were here. Right. Texas is full of people who got a pretty shitty education, and a lot of them work in the hospitality industry. Yeah. <laughs> or some kind of low-end kind of job. Or trades pay pretty well comparatively to a lot of the jobs here. Trades pl- pay amazing here in Texas compared mm-hmm. to the East Coast. Wilson just got offered a job for $20 an hour. 20? Yeah. He was like, what? They call him and said, we need this, blah, blah, blah. And it was in North Carolina. Uh-huh. And, you know, this, and he's like, well, how much are you paying? And he, and they're like, oh, it's $20 a day and no, and no per diem. And he $20 goes. $20 an hour, you mean? Not $20 yeah, yeah, $20 an hour. Okay. And he goes, he looks, well, I guess he was on the phone and he's just like, um, how's that going for you? You getting a lot of people? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy goes, no. And he goes, yeah, you're not getting me either. That's shit. I told him. I said, I, I mean, I feel like I should write to the newspapers or something. Or the, I mean, do people do that anymore? But email uh, the CNN or something. And, like, there's a whole other end of this thing that you could get, guys keep saying about how that $300 is causing a deficit in people going out and getting jobs. That's not... The whole story. No. Because you have all these construction companies that are trying to make up for all the bad, you know, juju that happened and oh, make yeah. up for all the COVID that they did that and when they weren't making money. And stealing people's per diems is one way and paying people lower because they think people, everybody's desperate. Yeah. Well, they, you know, if you want to keep. Good people. I mean, people just do, companies just don't learn this. Yeah, they do. If you want to keep good people, you have to take care of them. And then the cost of living keeps going up. If 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 you're a company in uh, Austin area right now, and you didn't aren't giving your employee a raise this year, you deserve to lose that employee. Have you looked around? Everything's more expensive. Every fucking thing. Right. So if you don't give them a good raise, then they just went down pay. Right. So if yeah. you can't grasp that concept, you first of all, you don't deserve to own a business. <laughs> and your business should fail. <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> you know, you deserve to lose your employees because if you if you don't want 
you know, if you are prospering because things are getting more expensive and you aren't making sure that your employees keep up with inflation, you're going to hell on top of everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Well, did you see that Walmart and Costco are both raising their minimum wages? Yeah, but that doesn't do anything for us because, you know, Matthew's been there 26 years and they just pay him like shit. Right. And he doesn't even, you know, I don't want to talk about what he makes because it's not right, but... um, but it ain't good. It ain't the constr- it is not the construction uh, air- area. No, you can't go. That's what I'm saying. Like you can't go from paying men, especially men that have trades that are extremely dangerous. Oh yeah. When he was showing me yesterday or this morning, I'm driving in and he's like, "Oh, you see that crane over there? See that? There's like some sort of thing up there, and that's where I was standing yesterday and and doing." You're like, oh my god, I don't want to know that. Yeah, I was like, don't, don't do that. Don't tell me that because I can't. I'm like, I just, I can't. Oh. And then I was, then I was kind of being a jerk, and I was like, do you? They have really good life insurance on you, and they, no shit. But they do. But yeah. it doesn't matter because I don't want to lose him. But it's still, I'm like, these right. jobs are extremely, extremely dangerous. So, you know, don't come up with. $20 an hour for people that are used to making 38 to $48 an hour. Don't right. don't fucking do that. That's so insulting. So insulting. Right. Ridiculous. Well, and I think, you know, any right now $20 an hour is not very good pay. I mean, no. what is that? That $20 an hour is like $40,000 a year. That's what it is. So if if you're if you have a, a career of any kind and you're doing something that's valuable and your employer really needs you, and they cannot afford to pay you $40,000. Uh, I want to know how much they're paying themselves. Yeah. And I want to know what's the reason for that. What's the reason you can't pay somebody that? Yeah. Because why don't you try living on $40,000 a year and see what kind of life you're able to afford for yourself? Yeah, I'd like to see a lot of these Congress people live on that, see how they like it. Yeah, and no health insurance. I just signed up for my benefits at my new job. I'm so, I just, I haven't had real health insurance for like 20 years or some shit, 15 years or something. And so, like, as I'm signing up, I don't know, it's so nerve-wracking. You're like, oh, do I pick the PPO or do I pick the other one? What if something happens and then they have this flex spending account that you could put money in, like, before tax money and... I was like, I should put $400 a month in that. You know, here's what I'm thinking, right? And so I put that in, and then I go and talk to my gal that's training me, and she's like, you put what? <laughs> she's, like, well, I hope, she's like, I hope you're really sick this year. <laughs> I was like, she's like, you don't, get a, you don't get that money back if you don't spend it, you know? And I, she was like, well, how much is a pair of glasses? Like 400 bucks? So like one month. You got a pair of glasses, <laughs> but like, how many pairs of glasses can you buy? <laughs> and she's like, unless you have a heart attack, you know, and then you have insurance for some of that. Yeah. She's like, I think you went a little overboard. <laughs> and so I, so I frantically called up the, the lady was like, hey, can I undo some of that? I think I made a mistake. And she was like, yeah, I thought that was kind of ex- extensive. I thought you might have a health problem we were completely unaware of. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is those HL, is it, what is it, HC, what is that called? I forgot. I know what the, you're the, it's like It's like a flex spending, but it's the other plan. Right. Is that what you're thinking? Yes, so like, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's two plans. There's the one that where you have where you have copays, and then there's the one where you just pay the big deductible, and then they cover 100. percent Right. And the HCA or something. The HSA. That's H- what it is. Oh yeah. It's yeah. an H- H- HSA because that's what we Health have savings account. Right. And we do that too. And uh-huh. she's right. You don't get that back, but you do get to spend it. And it doesn't go anywhere. So it's always there for your health. Okay. So you can like, so it, like my, my thing was, is I don't know what I was thinking. And also I'm real confused about how my, how my VA disability works in conjunction with my insurance. Yeah. You don't want to like, that's very confusing. Yeah. So you don't want to spend too much though. You really don't. I'm no. glad she talked you off that ledge. Okay, so are we going to talk about this heavy shit we got on the agenda? Let's get into this shit. Okay, I'm going to start with some background, all right? And folks, we are about to get into something that may offend some of you. This might not be the episode for you, but just giving you a heads up. So let's just going to give you the first of the background. So Road versus Wade began in Texas. Woohoo! Are you shocked? <laughs> Except for ch- that was a rape. Uh, well, Wasn't it? no, it, it came as a challenge against the law prohibiting any kinds of abortion unless the mother's life was in danger. So in 1970, a pregnant Texas woman named Mor- Norma McCorvey, which her alias was Jane Rowe, brought a lawsuit against Henry Wade. That was the Dallas County DA in a Texas federal court alleging she was a single woman and pregnant. She wanted to terminate the pregnancy. Pregnancy. She wanted it done safely by a doctor, but couldn't afford to travel outside of Texas. She couldn't get a legal abortion in Texas because her life was not in danger. Her lawsuit claimed that the Texas law violated her rights to privacy protected by the 1st, 4th, 5th, and 9th, and 14th Amendment. This made its way to the Supreme Court, where... It comes in the form of Roe versus Wade, and this was a landmark decision at the time. It was in 1973. The court ruled that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman woman's liberty to have an abortion without access to government restrictions. So there's your background on Roe versus Wade, guys. Well, so the question I would have about that story is, by the time it got to the Supreme Court, what didn't she already have the baby? Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, so she, she had and she gave baby. it up for adoption, but she was the poster child at that point for yeah. the rights. That's so hard. It is. What I don't understand is we're talking. What is it? Fifty years now. Fifty years since then, and we're uh-huh. still got this controversy going on. Still. Uh, oh, uh, oh no! We're it's about to get overturned. So it's getting overturned, and we're gonna we're about to have coat hanger abortions again, and back alley abortions, and women who die unnecessarily because they can't have because they can't dream of their life with a child at this point right and because the because they got raped and they can't take it yeah having a baby from their rapist their mental health declines yeah you have children in trouble at that point yep you have girls who are pregnant by their dads because they've been being abused by their dads right and they can't have that baby and have a life. Yeah. You know, I mean, where does the buck stop? So, you know, even when it's not just choice, you know. I'm glad you said that. So so what we have is we either have, this is the two sides. Now, now we've been 
pretty much down to two sides, pro-life and pro-choice. So pro-life supporters say that the unborn baby has the same rights to life as other people and the government should intervene to protect it, okay? But then they say have pro-choice says, um, believes that the baby unborn baby is not a fully developed person and a woman has a right to choose what she wants to do with her own body and the government should not n- intervene. I just want to go on the record right now and this is a move. I wish we could start a movement about, I don't want to call those motherfuckers pro-life because that is not what they are. You know, we have to come up with a better fucking word for who they are and what they stand for because they do not stand for life. They only stand for limiting other people's choices because they don't ever vote for taking care of, of little children that exist They don't vote for taking care of mentally ill people. They don't vote for taking care, uh, like putting money into the public school system or pre-K or or they don't vote for welfare. They don't vote for helping uh, indigent mothers who have children. They they don't vote for minorities. The poor. They are fucking not pro-life. They are are pro-fetus. That's all they are. Well, yes. They they are pro fetus, but they are but they still don't even know the science. You know, there's no science involved in that at all. And I hate the term pro choice because that's not a fucking choice. It makes it sound like like I just you're walked in a choice and, to right. Yeah, Get like rid of these your pe- baby right. These women aren't happy about getting abortions. It just sounds like this light decision of a terrible burden that these people have of a life altering decision. Like right. that's what pro choice sounds like. It sound they made us sound like we are frivolous in the yeah. idea of abortion and that is not the case at all. Well, we're pro body autonomy. That's what we are. Explain that. Autonomy means that you are individually taking care of things, right? Like if you're right. if you're autonomous at work, then nobody has to tell you what to do and you just take care of it. Right. So like uh, self-sufficient. Autonomy is like self-sufficiency. So body autonomy would be like you're in charge of your own body. Gotcha. And our own lives. Right. We're really pro-life. Yeah. You know, they should swap it around and call us pro-life because we're the ones that are pro take care of the people that exist already. Right. And take care of the mental health and the well-being of these women who have to make horrible decisions about their lives. It's a horrible decision. And not seeing everything as black and white and not seeing everything as, they don't even see it as a complicated situation. Well, exactly. But, and this is the other thing. Every Republican that is pro-life, quote, that's really funny how they want the government to intervene because they don't want the government to intervene in any other fucking thing. Ever. All right. Ever. Well, Matt Gates doesn't want him to intervene in his sex trafficking, but I bet you anything he's all... He's all pro-life. Right. <laughs> he's yeah. also pro-17-year-olds. Right. So he's, he, exactly, every governor, pro Republican, all of them, oh, we need less government. We need less, Mitch Boy. McConnell, we need, we need less government. Okay, then stay the fuck out of my business. Yeah. We definitely want them all up in your vagina, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But let's see. Should they have any decisions about our penis? No. If you leave a pregnant woman, since, since she can't have an abortion now, any male that leaves 
and has deemed the father and leaves her without financial support, then he automatically goes to prison. Period. Well, they, they try that, but they do it. They're so weak. It's such a bad, you know. And right. then, you know. Oh, yeah, they let him out. Coming from family law background, you know, it's like everything else we're talking about. It is so much more complicated than that. You know, there's so many different scenarios, and they, it doesn't apply equally to all those scenarios. So if he leaves her, what if he's a rapist, you know, and she's forced to have that right. baby? Well, she certainly doesn't want him to ever be part of the life, and I'm sure she would probably give up child support in order to never have to deal with him ever again, you know. Right. And even if she wants her baby, the things we're struggling with now are if, if, if a woman has a baby from a rapist— and she chooses to have that baby, then she has to deal with him trying to get get visitation and possession schedule with that baby. He has a right to be a father to the baby. Even if it was a rapist she never met and he violently raped her as a stranger, or even if he molested her while she was growing up, he, he'll be able to affect her life forever because she's tied to him through that baby. You know, and so, I mean, there's just, it's just like family law in that there are so many fucking scenarios that you can't just make a blanket choice about it or a decision about it or a law about right. it, you know, because yeah. what about people who are pregnant and they find out because science is really good now. So you get the test, you get the amniocentesis and you find out your baby has spina bifida or you find out that your baby has down syndrome and your your baby's going to be intellectually disabled and or physically disabled and physically deformed right it's that's a horrible decision to have to make but you know you have to what if you already have two kids and you know that the cost and the energy and the time is going to make it less possible for you to care for these two kids you already have because your, your job, you don't earn that much money. Right. Who has the right to tell you what you can decide about that? Well, they seem to think they do. They think they and do. And they can. Right. And, and you know what? I mean, they should have to raise every child that's born. <laughs> Just bringing them on over to your house now. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how this... Well, I do now because I've, I've looked into it, but it's just the whole thing of people of these men still telling women what to do. And then there's the, the whole realm of women that get that go along with it, that think it's okay to tell other women what they can and cannot do with their bodies. I know and it. it's it's safe. And it is so, now they even have like, the pill that it takes the next day away or yeah. that kind of thing. It's, they it's want to get so rid of much that too. safer. I mean, shit, they also want to get rid of birth control for God's sake. I mean, they've always wanted to, you know, they want to get, they want to limit the things that would make abortion less necessary or less right. uh, likely to happen. Um, they've always been hypocritical and backwards and stupid and they don't make any fucking sense, you know? And it's always been true. It's be, I mean, it has to be because half the time they're just fucking idiots, man. I mean, they are just not that bright. Right. Part of me is like, it has to be that because how could you be against birth control, but then even more against abortion? Yeah. And don't tell my kids about sex in school. Because my rule is abstinence. Yeah. 
then your kid's going to get a fucking back alley abortion with a coat hanger. And your kid's going to die because of your stupidity, right? Because you thought, yeah, because you thought. Because you you're, you're an idiot, that's why. Because you're a fucking idiot who can't be realistic and, and see things for the way they actually are. But we have, you know, it's so funny because we've gone so, this used to be the one subject I used to feel this way about more than anything. And now it seems like it's all subjects. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Because it gets it it gets under your skin after a while when nothing's done. Nothing is done mm-hmm. to close the book on this chapter, okay? Nothing right. is ever done. Like, okay, so this is what we're talking about. If if you are in a hole and you and you're just coming out and your only thing you're listening to is this podcast, let me tell you, which I'm sure that's not the case, but the Mississippi, <laughs> the, the Supreme Court has just ma- recently made a decision to consider the legality of a Mississippi restrictive law prohibiting abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. And this could trigger the most serious and uh, sustainable political debate over abortion since 2000. And it's a it's a it's yeah. going to divide this country even more than it already is. Oh yeah, because seven out of ten Americans support Roe versus Wade. Roe allows for abortions as long as twenty two weeks along, and most Americans don't even know that. That's something. Right. Well, here he, I have some experience in this. Um, well, I've talked about before that I had an abortion, and when I had my abortion, I, I mean. I started throwing up. Like, I guess I had a glass of wine, and I puked, and I thought, that's weird. <laughs> like, who pukes from one glass of wine, you know? And then I, my, my nipples hurt, you know? That was not a common side effect of my hormones or anything. That, that was only something that happened to me when I was pregnant. And so, uh, oh, and the very most thing that really told me I was pregnant was I was thinking... God, you know, my boss, he started using some other kind of laundry detergent, and it just stinks so bad. (laughs) I mean, it's just so strong smelling. And so what happened was everything smelled really, really strong to me um, suddenly. So I went, and I I went right away and uh, was like, I got right away, I got to get this figured out. And they were like, it's too early. Wow. You're only, you're not even six weeks pregnant yet, you know, so you can't do it before you're six weeks pregnant. And so I guess I I had symptoms and I knew it right away. But when I was pregnant the first time with my daughter, you know, many, many, you know, so many years before that, 19 years prior to that, my two pregnancies, 19 years apart, I didn't know I was pregnant and I had a whole period while I was pregnant. Oh, wow. When I didn't have my period, I guess I was already, you know, maybe eight weeks or, or 10 weeks pregnant. That time frame from that time that I figured out I was pregnant to how pregnant I was was pretty far along, you know, in, in the, when you talk about whether you'd be in a window where you could do something if you decided you wanted to uh, get an abortion, if that's what you chose. But in my first, in my second, when, in the time when I actually did get the abortion, um, I knew right away and I, I knew that was the only decision for me and I described it and explained it in a previous podcast But then, okay, so then I had a friend whose daughter, okay, so her daughter was like a terrible kid. I mean, she just got in fucking trouble left and right. She kept getting in trouble with the law. She kept getting, uh, this is when she was like 14, 15, 16. She was like, she was dropping out of school. 
you know, it was a nightmare. She was a fucking nightmare of a child. Wow. <laughs> and she was, <laughs> she wasn't going to amount to anything, you know, is what it was looking like. Well, and then her mom and I are really good friends. So her mom showed up on my doorstep, knocked on my doorstep, and I opened the door. And she was like, oh, my God, she's pregnant with twins. And I was like, what? Oh, my fucking God. And she said, I, they, they had just gone to the doctor and gotten and found out. And this girl was, this girl was 16, but she couldn't get a license because she was on probation. She wasn't allowed to get a license until she was 18. And oh she wasn't in school. Like she, I mean, oh this is a, she's on probation, right? So she, and she's fucked up and she's not making better decisions, right? It's not like she's right. turned a corner or anything. So she's, they come in and we, they sit down and we have a talk about it. And so I said, listen, I'm going to ask you a few questions. First question is, if you have these babies, because it's two, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's huge. I was like, tell me what that is going to be like. Like, describe it to me. Describe to me where you're going to live, how you're going to take them to the doctor if they get sick, how you're going to feed them, how you're going to afford it, who's going to help you. And she was like, well, I guess I'm going to live with my mom. And, you know, and I, she was like, well, that's not. And I was like, nope, nope. I want you to go through the entire scenario. I want you to, to come up with what it's going to look like, whether it's good or bad or ugly or whatever. Just describe what it's going to look like. And I said, okay. So she goes through all that and she tries to figure that out, right? And then I said, okay, so if you're going to give these babies up for adoption, tell me what that's going to look like. So you're going to describe to me what you think will happen, you know, from like when you have the babies, what do you think that looks like and how do you think you're going to be able to deal with that? And so she kind of describes that and we talk about it and she was crying the whole time. We were all crying the whole time. And then I said, okay, tell me what all choices you think you have. Lay them out right. for me. What are your options? And I'm not saying the options you want. I'm saying all of your options. And so then she laid out what she thought all of her options were. And in the end of, of our conversation, she felt like abortion was kind of her only choice because she realized, like, she can't drive them. She can't, she can't enter into a contract. She can't get a lease on a place to live. She can't get a driver's license. She can't buy a car. You know what I mean? And she thought adoption was not going to work for her. Oh, my God. She couldn't give her babies up if she had them is what she thought. Like, yeah. in the sonogram, one of them was sucking the other one's thumb. Oh, my God. And it was like now they they had already come up with these really big blow them up fucking 3D, make it look more like a real person than it is or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. And And my friend had raised this girl on her own. She was torn apart. I mean, she had moments where she wanted to say, have them and I'll have them. But the fact that there were two was very daunting, you know, right. very daunting, you know. Yeah. She might never get to be the mom she was going to be. And so she had an abortion and I went with them. It was terrible. She was 15 weeks, which is a long time. Like when you said 22 weeks, I was wow. like, holy shit. Because 15 weeks is very far to me. Very far, I think, and too. And they, they had to dilate her to be able to do it. And she was not on the right road. And you know what? She got off the right road. She stayed off the right road. She became a drug addict for a long time. And she had a lot of emotional problems for a long time. This was when she was 16 or 15 or 16 then. I mean, she might have been 15 still. But then she got to be 28. She 
had a son. And she has been a wonderful mother. She has taken great care of her child. She has a good life. She got herself a good career. She bought a home. You know, I don't know if she ever could have done any of those things if she'd had those babies back then. Yeah, I don't know. You know, and now she has a good life and a happy child. And that was good for her. And the, and the other argument with that would be, I mean, and some people would say that, that she could have done it. She, you know, maybe she could have done this or asked for that. But it's or not did their this. choice. But then, but it, that, exactly right. But that still wasn't her choice or that, that wouldn't not have been maybe a good choice. Who knows what would have happened? I it mean, just, if she, it, she was very it, emotionally, uh, she was mentally and emotionally very tortured child. And to yeah. add on giving birth to two babies and giving them up for adoption, right? she may have killed herself, you know? She yeah. may not have survived that, I think. Right. She certainly couldn't have been a good mom to the kids. if she. I think if she'd had the baby, she would not have been able to give them up. But then she would have, they would have had it. They might have ended up in the foster care system. Yeah, because God knows the pro-lifers aren't trying to put their money into the fucking foster care system, are they? No. Well, where no. are they putting their money? Uh, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Trump's taking a fucking a couple of more bites back at their account too after they gave their donation. <laughs> That's true. They didn't realize they were given a revolving donation. Ugh. The pro-life, I think, is is still giving, is still doing this whole, you know, calling it a Christian belief. I mean, this is this is also, if you remember, like most of this stuff is from. They're trying to say it's from Christian beliefs. This is the problem with the Mississippi law: is that once the Supreme Court hears this, which they probably won't hear it until September. That opens a door. Because usually they're like, they don't hear this shit, okay? They usually right. just block it. They don't hear it. Like they push the, it back down to the lower court. It goes, yeah, they just shoot it down. But now that they're going to hear it, that's going to open the door. All right. Right now, what I, what I discovered, which I did not understand before, is this whole religious background to the pro-lifing, Okay. Mm-hmm. Their religious beliefs and their in their treatment, they want people to jump in and base everything on religion and not science, right? Let's just face it right now. Okay, this country was not founded on religion. In fact, most of the founders believed in a liberal approach to religion. Well, this country was absolutely founded on an absence of requirement to have a particular religion. Right. This country was was fully created in order to provide religious free well, religious freedom was like a, a basic tenant of forming the United States. Right. Because it of was. the wars that happened in in Europe between the Catholics and the time. Protestants. Exactly right. right. Like people were dying over right. there because of it. So you now you have all these people in modern times saying that It's biblical values. You know what? To be very consistent, biblical values have very little bases in the Bible. It really does because people just make this shit up. It's more prevalent in this abortion debate than any other thing because the death penalty is routinely used in the Bible. 
by all sorts of things. Like you could die just for like walking across the street with one sandal. You know that in the Bible, everybody gets killed for everything. Yeah, you get stoned for stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You would think, by the way, that have given abortion such importance, you would think that it was somehow prominent in bu- biblical teaching, but nowhere, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in biblical law, does it mention abortion. Nowhere. There is no well, law they didn't in the Bible have abortions. I mean, women just threw they themselves did. off of a cliff. No, they did have abortions. Abortions were known as early as Israel and Egypt. So, like, they found some kind of herbs or something, and and took herbs. What? I don't know how they did it. I just know that know. it's that it was a thing that I guess was there. Like they knew of it in the Jewish tradition. So there, there is. The life of the mother takes precedence over the life of the child. Right. As it should, especially when you consider that you have other children to take care of. Okay, so there is one thing in the First Testament that says something about if a woman is injured. Say she was got in a fight with her husband, and the woman was injured, and she was pregnant, and she miscarries. The only penalty for that is a financial penalty. The person would have to pay a financial pay. They wouldn't even go to jail. Like a fine. Like a fine. The thing is, it's not there. It doesn't exist. Right. The religious people, the Protestants and the Catholics, both make it such a high priority on their list. Well, you know, and funny enough, they don't make child rape a huge priority or even rape of any kind a huge priority. Right. It's so hard to take them seriously when when they don't want to protect the integrity and the safety and the lives of the children who exist. Right. They only want to protect the unborn children. Which doesn't even make sense because scientifically it's not a child. Right, right. If it cannot survive outside the womb, it is not a child. And science has improved a lot. So, like, how much, how big was Porter? I mean, he was, like, five really small, right? How, yeah. how much? Four or five pounds. No, he wasn't that big. Porter? I was only four pounds, 11 ounces, and I was fully cooked. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are babies that are small. But, no, I think that I think that babies that are only two pounds can live outside the womb with care, you know, I think it hospital. has more to do with their gestation the time, and whether the lungs are developed. Right. But then also the care they get in the hospital after they're born well, because they can, they can nurture them along and, you know, keep them alive. Right. That bar moves. That, that bar changes right. with evolution and, and, uh, and science achievements and, and technology and all that shit. I wonder how pregnant you are when your baby's two pounds, typically. On the average. Oh, wow. I, I mean, would that's think pretty, that's pretty pregnant. Yeah. I mean, I would think you're at least at your second trimester. Yeah. You're like, you're like six months or something by the time your baby's yeah. two pounds, maybe five months, five and a half months. And I don't think anybody's out there trying to get an abortion when they're that pregnant. Yeah. If they don't know by the time they're five and a half months, something's wrong with them. Yeah. 22 weeks is how many months? I don't know. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot. So if, if we say there's four months in a year, I mean, four, I mean, if we say there's four weeks in a month, 4.5, let's say. So 22 divided by 4.5, 
We're trying to say that we're trying to say you should be able to get an abortion up to almost five months. Wow. Which is pretty long, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you can't figure that out, I'm okay. Here's the thing at five months, they give you some of those tests that tell you if the baby's retard is, uh, sorry, uh, intellectually disabled. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. It's not I'm five sorry. months. I think it's earlier than that now, though. It's a it, well. When I did it, when you know, thirty right. fucking years ago, it was it was five months. So yeah, we've come a long way, baby. So like, yeah. So if they can tell that at three months or yeah. two and a half months or something, yeah. Then I think at that time you should be able to make a choice if you find out that your child has major disability that you don't feel like you could deal with in your life. Yeah, 15 weeks, You have right? a right to make a choice about that. Right. I think 22 weeks is a really long, man. I mean, I'm I'm all for choice and everything, but I don't think you can willy-nilly just wait till you're, procrastinate till you're five months pregnant. <laughs> it's okay right. to go out and get an abortion. Right, I agree. But that's what Roe versus Wade says. Mm-hmm. So 22 weeks is a long time. And they are erring on the side of you get to have autonomy over your own body. And, you know, I really appreciate that. I, I hate right. the idea that somebody would take advantage of that. I'm thinking also that 22 weeks would change my mind is if you're like either a scared teenager and you just don't understand a young teenager and you're just like, I'm just going to forget it. Yeah, you're one of those kids that had the baby in the bathroom and no, and you didn't even know you were pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that you know that kind of situation where the girl is just like traumatized that she's even pregnant because she's so young, right. or you know also traumatized because you've been raped and you are not even you you aren't even recovered from the rape, and right. so you're not going to be thinking in those terms. Or or like we said, or it's your dad, it's your dad's baby. Yeah, and you can't tell anyone. Yeah, what kind of incestuous, crazy family mix-up? Like, that That also you have to think about. Why isn't the government focusing on these creepy motherfuckers out there and giving them horrible penalties and making new laws about that instead of right. focusing on what women do with their bodies? I mean, a, a, right. a chunk of the abortions would never have to happen if you got rid of the creeps. Uh, that's that's absolutely true. But I think that there's a big portion of abortions that have gone down since that since those 70s times. I know that in closing down of planned parenthoods, that hasn't helped. Right. The numbers have been going down since the 70s. Planned parenthoods where I got my birth control my whole life and I got it for pretty much for free from the time I was 16 and and while I was a single mom I got it there too for free, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, Planned Parenthood was, it, it didn't just give you birth control. It also had classes, oh. and they had mammograms, and they had all these other things. That STD testing. Yeah. I got an HIV test there for free. Really? Wow, I didn't know they did that. Yeah, I mean, like, that, uh, I went there to get birth control, and they said, do you want to be tested for STDs? All of them, <laughs> including HIV. <laughs> and I was like, sure, bring it on, you know? Okay, so there's two Trump-appointed justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh, and they voted in 
similar cases that closed that would have closed down two of the three Louisiana planned parenthood clinics. They were outvoted when John Roberts, a conservative, joined the liberals and struck down the law. Okay. So now that we don't have Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because now if that law had come up, we would have been screwed in that and that law would have gone through. And what's her face? Amy uh Comey Barrett? Yeah. Whatever. Well, why do you think they rushed her through? I know. It's just for this and it's working and they've got and they've done it, you know. I feel so lucky that my daughter has been I've been I've been open with her her whole life and as far as I know, she's never needed this because she's always had access to birth control. She's always been very educated about it. She's always been extremely uh, responsible about this type of thing. Yeah. And I just hope that she never has to go through it. Right. Through an abortion, through these kinds of worries, you know. But I, she should have access to the things that she needs. She should have access to birth control. Right. Well... I can tell you it doesn't even matter about that because I was on birth control when I conceived Patrick. Ah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. That happens too. Yeah, it does. Just FYI, I was. I think I think Angela also maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Angela tried to have a baby real long. Yeah. Long time. But I have a friend that was, I mean, she had a baby and then was on birth control and got pregnant a second time and she was 42. Like, Ugh. yeah, it was like, open up the floodgates. So no this shit, I mean, it happened because it, ha- I mean, yeah. it happened to me. If I hadn't been married, I was young and I had, was not planning on it. You know, I was still in college doing college stuff and, right. but I was married. So I felt like you had to, I felt like I needed, yeah, I felt like I had yeah. no business doing it. But that was me, you know, I was a married person. So, yeah, well, uh, you know, and when I, when I, like we talked about when I had my abortion, it was such a weird situation and that guy, I didn't like him and I had already broken up with him and he was a fucking weirdo and his, and his kids were both, you know, intellectually disabled and, you know, my eggs were 39 and all that. But then later I met Matthew and I fell in love with Matthew. And then when we had a pregnancy scare... My thought process was, I love him. You know, this is our this is our only chance. Right. You know, I mean, I, this is just an accident, but maybe it's a good accident. And, um, you know, if we're pregnant, then I I I might want to have a baby. Yeah. Because because I love him. You know. Right. And, and it was and right for you. And it was, and it, you know, it wasn't right for me because I was forty two. <laughs> But <laughs> well, but like I said, was, my friend, she had yeah. two kids at that age. So, mm-hmm. and he, well, and he had never had any children and he was 38. And I just thought maybe this is the universe intervening and he is supposed to have a child. Right. You know, but then it turned out it was a false alarm and, um, boy, was he relieved. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned out, I guess he really didn't want to have children. And then I was off the hook for being an old lady, you know. Because right. really what was happening was I was having, I don't think, I don't know if I was having perimenopausal symptoms, but I might have because I had early menopause. Yeah. So uh, I might have been <laughs> having a late period because I was starting to be irregular. You knew that you were going to go ahead and go forward at that point. 
And that and that's okay because that was your choice. The problem I have with all this pro-choice shit and I mean pro pro pro-life shit and pro-choice shit and all the arguments about that, nobody even talks about what it's like to raise a child and what it the impact it has on your life and the overwhelming lifetime of change that makes for you. Right. And this is not necessarily true for men. I mean, it's only true for men if they want it to be. Correct. You know, after you have the baby, the man can walk away. And the woman has a a lifetime of responsibility and financial insecurity, probably, you know, and fear and stress. Right. And, you know, in my case, it caused me to... um, to work real hard and make and make a career for myself because because I had to take care of my kid, you know. Right. But some people fall apart and some people don't. They don't take care of them. They don't right. end up taking care of them. They end up in foster care and that goes to a whole other world for those childs like what happens to those kids? That don't have the loving, supportive parent or the work hard parent or the parent that does the best that they know how to do. So right. covering all those bases. Because you do, right. because the there's different who, parents. Who, who abandons them. Right. And know? then it becomes and, that. And, you know, we think about women who abandon their children. How many men abandon their children? Right. I mean, like, it is astronomical almost as many you know almost as many men abandon their children as stay with their children right you know and i'm using that word abandon loosely but you know when you think statistically about how many men financially and physically aren't present for their children a lot it's it's an astounding number we should have statistics on that right. the government should give a shit yeah about that yeah because if it you matters want to start meddling in people's private lives and figure out what's going on why don't you figure that shit out right why don't you make it the man's fault right and make the make it their problem and if they have kids that they're not financially and emotionally supporting then castrate them not castrate uh like uh, chemically castrate them so they can't have any more children in the future what do you think of that right how would they, what, what do you think their reaction to that would be? <laughs> that would be a I don't think, that, yeah, I don't think they're, they'd be trying to make laws for it. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> those laws wouldn't even, those laws wouldn't even get through. The first time you even said that, they would be like, oh. Ugh. It's all about women who kill babies. Yeah. That's all it is. That's the only thing they want to talk about. Yeah, it's the women that do it. That goes to our word of the week. Let me tell you about the moral majority, okay? This was the first backlash to the Road versus Wade decision. It came primarily from uh, groups representing the Catholics, initially, through the mid-70s, okay? But then the white evangelical, I'm going to say that like I'm... Easy for you Like I know. Like, I, like I'm <laughs> autistic. The Protestant mis- ministers who were just beginning their own activism in the conservative party, right? I say conservative party. I say more like in in conservative politics, right? And you know how Protestants and Catholics never got along before, right? Well, oh, the yeah. one thing they agreed on, the one thing was abortion. So as yeah. the decades kept going, the desire to build a 
broader coalition of these people. Think Jerry Far Farwell and Pat Robertson and Paul Wayrick. Think about these guys, okay? Because this is this is the the moral majority. They get together, they start calling themselves the moral majority. Yeah, and it's all men. Yeah. This is where it all yeah. makes sense for me now. This is what I was talking about. Like, so they decided to get together and have this whole fight against the liberals and the feminisms and the gays and all these other things that they decided that they were going to fight against. And mm -hmm. number one on that was the abortion fight. It, so it used to be more like a class thing, like political systems were all class. Now we're shifting it to cultures because cultures is more like your Catholic, this Catholic culture and you've got your, you know, Baptist culture, mainly, I would think. So in the 70s, the Democrats and the Republicans were virtually identical with about one-fifth of each saying abortion should always be legal. This was before the fucking moral majority started their shit, okay? And I know what how I read it was that the only reason that they even started this is because they wanted some political power. So they backed Reagan. It's reminding me of, it's it's another type of voter suppression. Yes. You know, that's what it is. You know, it's keeping women from having any voice or power. Yep, because feminism, like they fought against feminism. Oh, forever. And the women's right to vote, women's, you know, all, all that shit. Yes. You know, women's rights to do everything. Women's rights to their own body. I mean, it's a, it's a fight that'll never end. And the reason is because they don't want us to have a voice because we'll vote them out. Right. You know, a lot of us. I mean, there's a lot of stupid women out there. I mean, there's a lot of backwards women who still think, you know, there's a Supreme Court justice who says her husband is the boss over her. Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is that? I mean, you know, I may be a loud, brassy woman, and I'm kind of more pushy than my husband is just by personality. Right. But, I mean, I don't try to stifle him or keep him from speaking or anything. I can't imagine if I was with someone who was like, you know, speak quietly or, yeah. you know, don't embarrass Or me. would <laughs> suppress yeah, or you, suppress your personality. Like you would never, you would never be with anybody like that. No, I couldn't. Right. How could somebody be a Supreme Court justice who, who, who could be with someone in that way? Like have the goal of being a Supreme Court justice, be a judge along the way, making decisions about other people's lives, and then in the top position of our country. Because you're denying the fact and you lied and said that you could divide your decision-making skills on the law, that's what yeah. she did. She lied. Well, right. And that's not against her religion. <laughs> right. Everything you do is about how you feel. You can't, you, if you think you can divide it, you can try, but it's not going to, it's not going to work. Because you can look at a, I don't know, say something lawyery, you know, <laughs> I mean, you look at one of those papers and you're reading it, you know, and especially with you in family law, you're looking yeah. at it and you're saying, oh, that motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you know that every decision that you make going forward is going to 
go back to that first thought you had of this person that you read about. Am I right? Yeah. I would have a hard time dividing it. Me too. Like, I feel like whenever someone has, has in, a, in a criminal case, whenever someone has made a confession, mm-hmm. that it's not reliable. Right. Because of the way the, the police conduct themselves, the way they're allowed to, it's legal to, to lie and coerce and, and interrogate someone for 14 hours and make them believe you're going to let them go if they just admit they did it or, you know, right. just the way they conduct interrogations. So I don't believe that any confession is reliable. Gotcha. And if I were on a jury, I would not be able to, they would kick me off the jury because I would, if I answered truthfully that, you know. Yeah. See, I would think that too. That I wouldn't believe a confession, probably. I haven't been picked for the jury yet. The one time I did is I owned my own business and I couldn't go. But I feel like I would be that person that, I mean, I would tell them the truth. Like, do you believe in the death penalty? Yep. Uh, I do not believe in the death penalty, so I'm not going to be sending your person to the chair. So (laughs) I'm going to vote against that. I think what I would say is, you know, I lean towards no death penalty. I will listen to the testimony and the, the, the evidence, and based on what I learn and hear, I will vote accordingly. How, do, how would you break that up, though, if you have a belief? I don't believe in the death penalty, but... And I guess I think that, it, that, that life in prison without the possibility of parole is a worse punishment than the death penalty, actually. If I sat in a jury and I saw evidence of someone who's a serial killer and it was just, you know, there's DNA, it's just without a doubt. You just know that this person killed, you know, eight women, <laughs> right? Right. Two of them were little children or something. Right. Like, say that was the situation. I can't say that if I felt without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that when I sat in the other room with the jury jury, and we had to deliberate about whether the person was going to get put to death or was going to not get put to death, the choice would be for me to be the only holdout. And this is the current law in our country. Right. I can't say I'd hold out, probably, if I felt 100% certain. Right there, that scenario is the scenario I never want to be in, and that's why I would say no. Yeah, but then you just only want people on juries who are just totally for the death penalty. <laughs> no, you're not going to get that. You're going to get people like you that said, okay, you know, convince me. I can't live with that, so I won't. You know, but you also didn't choose a career in the legal field. Right. So you don't analyze legal issues and ideology the way that I do. Like, I feel like guilty people have to have a defense, you know. I don't necessarily want to be the person who defends someone who's guilty, but for our system to function, that has to happen. Yeah. And so I would be a supportive uh, team member of someone who defended a guilty person, probably. I think more people think like you than think like me, where I'm going to draw that line and you're going to say, nah, maybe you can convince me or maybe I'll lean this way or maybe I'll do this. I just want to be on this. I want to be on this jury. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty staunchly against the death penalty. (laughs) 
You know, I think it should if if it's illegal to kill someone, then it's also it's illegal for everyone to kill someone, right? Including the government, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, to me, that's the ultimate hypocrisy to say, "Oh, you killed someone, so we're going to kill you" as a consequence of that, right? You know, I mean, like, what message does that send? I mean, well, the Christian right would say, "Eye for an eye." Yeah, but then then what Christianity is in that? Well, that's what it's mean. Like it, they keep bringing Christianity into everything and mm -hmm. it's supposed to be separate. Supposed to be separate. Yet here we have this group of people that follow politicians on the basis of what they perceive as their religions. I know. And, you know, if they were paying any attention, paying better attention first to their religion, second to their politics, they would just see it's a bunch of horse shit, like all of right. it. Uh, people build their whole lives around this shit. And, and I, you know, I just don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> but that just what blew me away about this whole thing where it took me. Like, I thought this whole abortion abortion debate was going to take me in this one one way it just took me this to the same shit it took me to the same bullseye of religious people trying to take and i am christian i know it but it is about religious people trying to make other people their religion and that just goes back to the dark ages i know it I know it. And I'm glad there are good Christians, and you're an example of that. But good Christians don't force anything on anyone else. Right. I mean, you, the, you, it's like good parenting. You do it by example. I mean, if you, if you want someone to learn something from you, you have to show them what it looks like and make it look desirable. Right. You know, you don't shove it down their throat. Exactly. And then you follow these people. I mean, oh, I was reading up on this. Okay. Jerry Farwell, who started. Falwell. His name is Falwell. It's F-A-R-E-W-E-L-L. -L. There's an L in there? Jerry, it's Falwell, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'll be admitting it here momentarily. <laughs> okay, anyway, was he uh -huh. was intolerant. He was yeah, it's Falwell. F-A-L-W-E-L-L. -L. Okay, so Jerry Falwell was intolerant and a bigot. He declared AIDS was a divine punishment for homosexuality and said the arch the antichrist was a current living jewish male <laughs> yeah he said that so gross and then pat robertson denounced oh, yeah. feminism and blamed lesbians gays feminist abortionists for the attack on 911 saying they had helped the terrorist yeah but old pat robertson man he's a real fucking funny <laughs> Do you Why? ever listen to him? No. Do you ever pull up like the little clips of, of him that are totally fucking hilarious? No. Oh my God, he's so funny. Some of it's real dumb, but like, I mean, also he said some ugly things about Trump or Trumpism pretty recently, I think. Did he? Am I talking about the same guy? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that, that guy. Oh yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> I mean, he's an idiot. Don't get me wrong. No, he says Buddhism is a disease. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he said all kinds of fucked up shit. These people that Republicans are following and want to follow them in this moral majority, even though it was so-called disband in the 80s, the problem is that 
these people still contribute to it. They contribute to that, and that's who's following Trump. And that it all goes back to this whole circle. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, that's where I, <laughs> I'm telling you, it just took me to this place. We have to post the picture of um, Charlie pooping in the Trump's Trump yard. <laughs> I think I um, did, and we but have I will. To tell everybody about it. Can we tell everybody about that? We took Charlie for a walk. That's my dog. And we went down to her neighbors and Wilson, and I'll show you all on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that we've talked about her Trump, Trumpy Trump, Trump neighbor. They still have like eight signs. Yeah. So Wilson had Charlie uh, poop in the yard in front of the Trump right. sign. Every day. <laughs> Every day. How did this guy not stop Wilson and be like, what are you doing? Nope. He I, never you're did. lucky he didn't run out of there with his big red face freaking out. I, I know. I don't, I don't understand. But I will post that on our Instagram site because uh, it was it's really So fun. good. It was. It was so fucking funny. hilarious. And I sent that picture. I, I, I posted it on Facebook and I sent it to like all my friends. Because <laughs> Charlie's like, just like all crunched up, taking his dump right in front of the Trump side. It's so good. <laughs> and then the next day, Wilson's like, come on, Charlie, we got to go back to your spot. <laughs> oh, like, Melissa got it. a kick out of that. Oh, we got to stop going okay. back to circling to Trump every time. It just, it makes oh, me I know. crazy. Well, it's because everybody's, um, it's because it's still happening. Yeah. It's not over. Those people have those fucking signs in their yard. We just went for a walk and took our dogs for a walk right before this podcast. And uh, there were like five houses that still have Trump signs in their yard. Yeah. I get that around here I mean, all the time. Like how little long flags. How has it been now? I know. Six months. It's been six months. Been, and the guys fucking can't even be on Twitter or Facebook and, and still hit people have these signs in their yard. <sighs> That's crazy. It is. It absolutely is. And it, in and the country is still going to pot because we have this we have these Republicans taking up the flag and doing exactly what we just got rid of. I was saying really loud in front of this one house that had a Trump sign. I was like, I wonder what anybody would think if we still had Obama signs in our yard. <laughs> they think we were fucking crazy, wouldn't they? True. I mean, yeah. You just it stop hero worshiping. Because that's what it I is. Know. It's hero worshiping. And it's, you know, he's some sort of God that's going to take you on some big journey. Guess what? It's not happening. This man he's, is a fraud. He's getting ready to come down. New York is about to post some serious shit against him. Please, God. I know. He's some dickhead with some terrible hair and a bad self-tanner. Right. And he's a terrible human being who, like, stiffs everybody who ever worked for him and treats everybody like shit. Right. Hopefully he's going to have a heart attack before 2024. <laughs> we can only hope. Let's clean this shit up. Okay. Okay. Stop being such a bad human being, Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, <laughs> if, they, if they uphold the Mississippi law, again, that slid out of my mouth. If they uphold the Mississippi law, it will open up the door for more states to tighten their grip on the impoverished and Americans, the minority of Americans, those that can't afford to go to other states. I think younger people take it for granted right now that it will always be there. 
Now is the time for them to rise up. We all need access to safe abortions and choices over our lives. Do not, choices over our lives should not become dependent on our zip code. One of the things I'm going to do is, this is, I'm going to pledge to do this. If they uh, make it illegal to get an abortion in my area and they take away the opportunity to do that, then I'm going to start putting money aside and I'm going to start helping people who need one go somewhere where they need to go to get it. Well, that's what's going to happen. We're going to have to have uh, some sort of crisis centers and nonprofits to help women in need. To go to the place where it is safe and legal. Right. The thing is, we have to be as passionate about our choices as they are about theirs. And, and about taking our choices away. Right. We have to be as passionate about looking, uh, about helping people and standing up for our rights as they are about taking our rights away. Right. Yes. Right. Because if not, we end up with a, we end up with a police state is what we end yeah, up Yeah, and we have to look out for the women who are coming up behind us. Yeah. I want these girls to have a chance to, to have good careers and have a life and vote and make choices and become somebody. If something bad happens to them, I don't want them to have to live with that for the rest of their lives. A little reminder all the time. Yeah, a little. Knowing either, yeah. either it's a child that they decide to keep because adoption is really hard too, or it's the thought of their child being out there somewhere, you know. Or killing themselves because they can't right. handle it. Right. Either way, any of those things are all bad. It's all bad for the woman. And and, they, and it doesn't even, we don't even talk about the men. Yeah. There's no point in talking about the men. It's just, it's just another way of suppression. Do you have any last thoughts on that? Well, this was just one more episode of man-hating on the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we really do love our husbands and some men. Right. As long as they think like us. We don't hate all men, just FYI. No. Just the ones that don't think like us. I feel super, super passionate about this subject matter, and the fact that we're talking about it on the podcast makes me realize I, I really have to dedicate some of my personal resources to some things about this. Yeah. I don't know what is ahead, especially coming up in the fall when the Supreme Court actually hears the case. I'm just probably going to be on the lookout, probably going to be on the lookout for what I can do. If there's any place we can go and protest, we should do it together. We should find a protest to go to together and do one protest together, and then we can talk about it. Yeah, it's probably a good okay. idea. Just, I mean, just to be on the lookout and say, you know what? We got to step in because the yeah. women before us, the Gloria, the... Steinem? Yeah. The, all the women before us that did this and made Roe versus Wade happen, we gotta, we've got to take up the torch and yep. make sure that we continue it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so next week we will discuss discrimination laws and the word of the week will be biological sex.
Please rate, review, and subscribe. Share us with your friends and help keep the conversation going with Facebook. What the fuck America. Instagram, what the F underscore America. Twitter at America WTF. And you can now email us at capital WTFA pod at Gmail. I'm Renee Jones. And I'm Melissa Howes. And thanks for listening to What What the the Fuck, fuck America? America.